begun just dying all over this is top 10 thursdays and we are sean lemmy john otney and colin westman colin getting to throw the and in there yeah that was that was fun your uh, your introduction sounded like something from like i frankenstein sort of super serious i felt like frankenstein this morning i woke up and one of my arms and one of my legs were asleep and i was just stumbling around (laughs) Like a monster. <laughs> I was so tired. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. It throws you curveballs every once in a while. Mm-hmm. It's like it took the Mariners and just destroyed them. I'm so sad, you guys. I'm so sad. For the I mean, that's when things die, like in your uh, introduction, including dreams. Yeah. Uh, but one thing is forever, and that is recorded uh, art. Because uh, there's like the Congress thing. They protect it. And the Ark. <laughs> That's why. Like the Ark. All music. I'll go with it. Where, where are you going with this, Sean? <laughs> well, I was um, I was going to bring up the fact that this week we're going to count down the, uh, the, the songs that um, best cover the, the topic of autumn. Mm-hmm. Or or is it the best songs that are about autumn? Uh, let's go with the first one, since not all these songs are like necessarily about autumn. I don't even know if any of them are strictly about autumn, but they're ones that at least like mention you know things you associate with fall, leaves least... falling. Uh, I guess moons apparently mm-hmm. it's a big season for moons oh, oh yeah. the harvest you know yeah sure equinoxes and, and whatnot exactly or just songs that mentioned september october or november in them but it had to be like mid-september for me i guess Not it doesn't it doesn't september. have to be yeah, early, it to be it's kinda, fine i think it has to be kind of early november too i was looking at a say hi song uh that was clearly about the winter but the title is something like november is gray it goes on from there it's a long title it's a good song you guys aware of say hi yeah i'm aware of him i remember you wrote a review on the blog okay very long ago that was like 2010 yeah it's like an album it's got like a skeleton on it yeah well it's just like all pink yeah i think all of his album i have like it's like one color, and then there's like a thing in the middle of it. Okay. I think. Um, so, the Equinox happened, and we're going to talk about songs, because it's fall. And the first one on our list is Autumn Sweater by Yola Tango. 
try to think of what to say about this song, but it's, I don't know, it's it's a good representation of Yola Tango, I guess, because it, I guess it kind of shows why they've been like a consistent indie rock act that's never gotten huge, but has always stayed, you know, consistent and good because their songs don't have like huge hooks or anything, but uh, they're, they're, they have a nice mood to them, and that's kind of what I like about this song is just kind of rolls along and has these different flourishes that are sort of warm and comforting much like an autumn sweater uh, you've just better said anything I was going to say about this song because uh, it's, it's very pleasant to listen to it's one I feel like it's building up to something that never, never build, it never gets to that crescendo it just uh just chills out. Yeah. It's a good chill out song. Is that what Yola Tango's all about? Just mood and chilling out? Because for someone like me who's heard of Yola Tango but really has no idea what they normally sound like, like what's the what's the appeal of the group? Um I mean, they've definitely changed their sound over the years. They definitely started out a lot more sort of like droney, and uh, I guess they're often compared to the Velvet Underground. And I like I like that sound a lot. Um, the album this is off of, uh, I can hear the heart beating is one is one where they kind of try a whole bunch of different stuff, which is it's fun to listen to, even if I pretty sure this album's kind of long um but yeah i think mood and just finding sort of different like <laughs> types of indie rock sounds is is what they're good at um yeah i've never been like in love with them but they're i definitely respect them since they've They've managed to carve out a pretty long career. Like they've been around since the late '80s and never really like flamed out like I'm sure a lot of their contemporaries have. If I was gonna listen to them, where should I start? Uh, my favorite of their albums is probably uh, "Painful." It's <laughs> their 1993 album where they are. Uh, a, a little bit more like loud and guitar based but still like pleasant and it's not super long like a lot of their albums are I think it's only like 40 minutes all of my That's questions my have favorite. been answered alright good wait 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 what's this song about Colin for people who haven't heard it uh, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I assume it's just about like just hanging out in your autumn sweater it's, there's probably some romantic things going on. It seems like that's what a lot of Yola Tango songs are. It's not like about a murder where all they found was the autumn sweater. No. It was the only <laughs> evidence found at the scene. Otherwise, she was burnt to a crisp. No, it's, it's not that kind of song. Glad. All right. Uh... You want to move on to the Beach Boys and be true to your school? When some loud tries to put me down. 
Beach Boys exist outside of summer? Uh, yeah, they do. Which even I felt like I was hesitant to put a Beach Boys song on a fall list that we're preparing since, you know, they are the quintessential summer band, I would say. But, you know, this song, it, it reminds you of the uh, fall and football season, I guess. And I guess getting into fights with people who talk smack about your school. Which is like the dorkiest thing ever. Like the opening of that song. <laughs> With some man tries La- Some loud bragger. Yeah, there you go. The song is not, not having any of those loud I, braggers. I, I like this song, but it is certainly cheesy. It's not like if that came out today, <laughs> it wouldn't be cool by any means. Be true to your school. Like, rock's about rebellion, not supporting your school. It's got the <laughs> cheerleaders in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like it. It's dorky. I mean, but yeah, I mean, I guess fall, it makes sense. You're going back to school. You're not going to school in the summertime. Or at least, you're not being true to your school if you're going to school in the summertime. Yeah, you probably suck at school if you're going <laughs> to school in the summertime. I want that song. Summer school. Who would write a song called Summer School? Uh, Some 41. <laughs> yeah. You're correct. I was going to go with No Doubt, but yeah. I guess there's I not like, really any wrong answer. Well, I don't know. I feel like Gwen Stefani probably got pretty good grades. <laughs> yeah, but this is why it's No Doubt and not Gwen Stefani solo. Okay, so you're blaming it more on like that that drummer guy plays with, naked all the time, or with a diaper. Yeah, he's up to no good, pulling lots of pranks and such. Oh, sweet, you have this amazing video where they're like all in class. And I have some celebrity as the teacher, like H. John Benjamin. <laughs> Again, being cast for his appearance, not his voice. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he's getting a lot of that these days. Well, do you think they give him, like, a part where he gets to talk over the song a little bit? Like, during the guitar solo or something? No, I'm not going to tell you again. I mean, I'm not going to attempt to do H. John Benjamin. I don't think anyone can do that voice. No, it's, it's... It's perfect. Now, is that only in the music video, or is that also in recording, him talking over the solo? <laughs> what, like... Kind of like Billy Connolly on that Floyd song. <laughs> yeah. That'd be cool if it was on the actual song. No class. I think we got to. I think we got to send our ideas to No Doubt. Yeah, I don't even know. Are they back together? I, th- I, don't, I think they're like an off and on thing. Okay. I thought they got back together and maybe put out a new album, but no one cared, I guess, because they realized it wasn't the late 90s anymore. 
exactly. Uh, so is Beechwood your school on this list? That's a big question. I mean, when you only got so, we only have so many entries. <laughs> Seems like we can wait till the end. Right. I'd say anything goes at this point. That's how that, that kind of list. All right, we've got our our first and I think only uh, split decision. Got uh, what do we call these twofers? I mean, that's what I call them. Okay, we've got both uh, dead leaves on the dirty ground, and we're going to be friends by the white stripes. I'll play you a little sample of both of them. <laughs> On the album? Yeah. Uh, White Blood Cells? I don't think so. Uh, But they are on the same album. Yeah. Which does make me, like, curious if maybe they recorded this album in the fall. Since it seems like those White Stripes albums are usually recorded in, like, a week or two. At least they were. Hmm. Way back when. What was it, Napo- Napoleon Dynamite that this the second song was in? We're going to be friends, yeah. Um, I guess an interesting pairing because it kind of represents the two sides of the White Stripes. Dead Leaves is just totally heavy, probably one of their heavier songs. And then We're going to be friends. It's just like one of those cute little acoustic ballads that Jack White used to do that were like super charming but it's kind of hard to imagine him doing a song like that now now I'd have like a weird like slide guitar solo yeah only come out on vinyl yeah but it's like some like weird kind of vinyl it plays at like 24 RPM it's like a triangular record Mm-hmm. But I, I, you know, I, I respect putting these together. I don't know why it feels right. It's hard. I don't know because I don't know which one of those I like better, and they're both definitely at least about. 
I don't know. I mean, I think they're both about fall. Fall isn't fall is here the first line to where we're going to be friends, yeah, or at least first one of the line. Fall yeah, so is here. that 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 song's pretty legit. And dead Something leaves. I school. mean, you're not gonna find dead leaves any other time. So no. I mean, I guess I like dead leaves more because it's just rock so hard. And that was one of my first memories of the White Stripes. I mean, it's probably fell in love with a girl, but Dead Leaves I remember pretty early on too, because it had that weird music video with ghosts or something. It's like this is pretty heavy. This is pretty dark. <laughs> Were they supposed to be ghosts in the video? Uh, wasn't there ghosts in there? Well, there's like a projection thing going on. Right, but I, projection I don't know if the ghosts. Message... <laughs> what? Projection ghosts, like that Ethan Hawke movie. Uh, Sinister. Sure. Anyways. Yeah, let's just say they're projection ghosts. But I like the idea of including fall as both a dark time of year, because things are dying, and spooky uh, projector ghosts. But then I also like the idea of, you know, because people go back to school in the fall, and kind of things usually start anew also in fall for a lot of people. So it's kind of both sides of the spectrum. Yeah. I miss that experience. It's weird. Not having that now. Of going back to school? Yeah, it's been such a big part of my routine. This is the first time this year. It's like, whoops, just kept going. Just have to start going to night school. Just get that feeling again. Need that high. What do you do at night school? <laughs> I don't know. You, like, learn <laughs> how to... I assumed it was used normally for like uh, like immigrants that have to work in the day and then at night. Or I don't know. Are Are you guys saying that there's like a specific thing that is a, like a, a like there's a like it's not just a school that offers class at nights. It's a specific night school. Yeah, that, actually. that offers like a specific like night degree. In my mind, night that is a night school. Yeah. Night jobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I'll go with that. It's an mm-hmm. interesting theory. Uh, how about Harvest Moon? It's a Neil Young song. Now, my first memory of Harvest Moon was going through my dad's car and, like, trying to find some music and finding this uh, tape of Harvest Moon by Neil Young, and I just thought it looked so lame. But that was before I really knew anything about Neil Young. And then later, by later, I mean, like, this year, I finally listened to it. And it's, it's, a, good, it's a good album, but the song in particular, um, it, it stuck out to me because it was so mellow so much more mellow than I expected and kind of countryish. I know if you, any of you guys uh, took the opportunity to check out the music video to this song. Oh, I did. <laughs> okay. Now, it's really hokey. Harvest Moon, the music video, 
is Neil Young, like modern day Neil Young, and someone who I can only assume is like his wife, or it, it's someone age appropriate, which I was glad to see. A woman that he's with <laughs> goes to this bar, and they start dancing. It's really dopey, but like I don't feel like Neil Young really dressed up the nice. He's like in a t-shirt and jeans, whatever. They're just having a fun night out. But Neil Young is also the head of the band of some yeah. <gasps> hokey bar band. It's and like then a I, multiplicity. Yeah, except I remember I clearly remember one shot where Neil Young is dancing, and you can see the Neil Young on the stage. It looks nothing like him. <laughs> it's like a really bad extra. But anyways, then it flashes to the past when a younger Neil Young, I I, I assume the same woman, met there and were dancing. And but Neil Young is still the the musician like on stage, but he's like cool '60s Neil Young with like big sideburns and glasses, and everyone his band is all retro. And I like the song, but just the whole music video was like super hokey. It's definitely not him. I just him. feel like like whoever directed it thought he was directing like a hard rock video or something. Like those people who are dancing to the club, they're like way more into it than they should be for like this like acoustic ballad type song. It just kind of sways back and forth, but they're like, yeah, like it's yeah. taking care of business. <laughs> like the editing style is like really frenetic and like the camera's moving around. <laughs> like, I, like I feel like it was directed by Michael Bay. This <laughs> music video was, sounds awesome, you guys. He was directing music videos back then. Well, now I have to look up if anyone I know. I tried to. Oh. I couldn't find out who directed it. That's too bad. I'm just gonna see I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're just because they're old. They're just bad dancers because, you know, old people aren't hip. Uh, you haven't been watching this season stuff, uh, Dancing with the Stars, have you, John? <laughs> have you? <laughs> I've been made aware of it. <laughs> uh, but back to the song. I mean, just kind of old-fashioned love song. I mean, Neil Young so often... Especially in his later years, I feel like he was really angry and, you know, all pissed off at politicians and fucked up America. So it's nice to see him take a break and just kind of write like a little nice little love song about dancing moonlight and I guess around harvest time. I mean, that must be something close to his heart if he has that other album called Harvest. Considered putting Harvest, the song from there on here but i figured harvest moon was sufficient i don't know if there's like an unofficial sequel because of that maybe because it maybe this is more country infused album i i i guess it kind of is i haven't looked into the continuity (laughs) anything with steel guitar is a little country it's not like anyone's using steel guitar metal or something (laughs) not yet pretty cool if they did though I can't even do it. <laughs> but yeah, nice and mellow. Music going fellow. I dig. It's got harmonica. Yeah, I remember watching the music video. He's got the thing around his neck. He's like, is he going to do it? <laughs> Does he tease like, it? Does he like took like four minutes. Well, I just mean, I don't know. It's... Some of some of those folk guys, you feel like they just wear them all the time. You don't know if you know, just just if they need it, just in case. It's like wearing a tie. Know, there's definitely a harmonica solo. He kills it. Murders it. Like the second season of Friday Night Lights. 
I thought that was going to be a transition, but then is it was just like some other thing. In that scene? There is a murder at a bar. The okay. uh, second season of Friday Night Lights. It's really bad, but a lot of people are like, let's just pretend this never happened. It's a low point for the whole series. We are yet to talk on a single song without going off on some weird tangent, <laughs> but I'll, I'll go with it. Here's the truth. I like this song a lot. Here's another truth. The next song on a list is called Here Comes a Regular. And it's by The Replacements. Or The Placemats, as they're called, affectionately. By who? Uh, like the, the really cool Replacements fans? Yeah. They don't call them the mats, they call them the placemats. Yeah. Which, I guess makes more sense maybe first after a hard day of nothing much at all the sun has passed it's too late to cut the grass there ain't much to break anyway in the fall and sometimes I This is the last song on Tim, which is my favorite replacement album and one of my favorites ever. Um, I guess it's basically the first song uh, where Paul Westberg like gets to do like a real ballad. <laughs> it's, it's just him and a guitar and like this weird like violin synth sound that comes in and out. That sounds sort of otherworldly, but uh, is it like the space violin that Gary Busey's son plays in Starship Troopers? <laughs> I don't think so. Does but, but is it what you think that would sound like? Uh, can I make a confession? Uh oh. <laughs> Never seen Starship Troopers. <sighs> That's okay, I guess. Um, just to give a little more detail, there is a scene where Jake Busey has a neon green see-through kind of violin, and it plays like a normal violin, but it's all futuristic looking. And they get it from the army. They, like, kill a bunch of aliens. <laughs> yeah. And who's the, who's the general? This is an army-grade violin. They have some tough guy general. Yeah. Like a Michael Ironsides or something. It is, it's Michael Ironsides. <laughs> and he's like... I treat my men hard, and I let them play hard, too. And he, like, opens up a briefcase, and has, like, a football in it and a violin. For some Just got fucking party stuff. <laughs> okay. Well, I remember watching an interview with uh, Tommy Ramone when he was uh, talking about Tim, which he produced. And he, he said what that violin was, but I can't remember what it was some sort of synthesized effect but i'll just assume it was him playing <laughs> future violin so you said it's the last song on on tim yeah is this a leaves you one more ending for you or is this a i'm satisfied i feel like it's a i'm satisfied because you know the album goes goes pretty hard it's you know non-stop just like anthemic 
really memorable rock songs and then uh, you know after after the rockin's done you gotta kind of just sit back and, and give give the people some slower to, to catch their breath and then bid adieu which I think also makes it a, a, a good fall song. I think in the song he says, "The summer's past. No time to cut the grass." Something like that. Is that a weed reference? Uh, cut the grass. Cut the grass, man. Reference to wheat fields, which they got they got quite a bit of in Minnesota, where Westerberg's from. But I've never been there during the fall. Just the summer. Just during skeeter season. Oh, yeah. Lots and lots of mosquitoes. Oh, skeeter. I was like, what the fuck, skeeter? Yeah, (laughs) I wanted to explain it since I was a little hard to do. I was like, do they have some athlete I've never heard of named, like, Derek Skeeter? (laughs) He really comes alive in the summertime. He's like the exact opposite, or the Minnesota version of Derek Jeter. Speaking of the last song on an album, I remember there's a Beck album that ends with just like horrible sound effects for like <laughs> 10 minutes. You guys know what I'm talking about? I don't think I do. All I can think of is like uh, Odelay has like a really long stretch of silence. And then he like kind of dinks around for a while, and then the album ends. Hmm. I don't think that's it. I think there's another one out there where he just—he's just like, "Are you awake? You're gonna be awake." Okay. I haven't—I haven't listened to all the Beck albums. Wow. It's probably, it's probably, it's probably like Midnight Vultures or something. Midnight Vultures is a good one. That might be it. Is that the one yeah. with Deborah on it? Have you guys ever heard the song Deborah? I haven't heard that album. I I only know it from that <laughs> that song on it that you used to be able to play on Windows Media Player. Oh in yeah, the, in the early two thousands. What a beautiful way. Yeah. Yeah, Deborah's on Midnight Vultures. That's a good song. Is it as good as that Windows Media Player song? Uh, I mean, that's like a better song, but it's a funny one. It's, it's, okay. it's a funny song. Speaking of hilarious songs, how about King Harvest has surely come by the band? Corn in the fields and listen to the rice when the wind blows across the water. King Harvest is surely come. Okay, King Harvest, uh, Surely Come, is a song about um, poverty-stricken farmer, <laughs> and all his crops fail. Uh, I like Sean's transition. Sean was right. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> it's another one of those band songs that I'd classify under the genre of depressing history rock, <laughs> <laughs> which they were pretty good at, these slices of Americana uh coming to life through kind of uh, southern rock style 
and uh, Richard Manuel lead vocal, who I feel like doesn't get a lot of respect, even though I feel like Lee Von Helm says he was like the best member of the band. I mean, I don't know if I feel that way, but he certainly had a, like a voice that was memorable and always felt like there's a lot of pain in that voice. But then Lee Von comes in on the chorus and it's like kind of cool. Wikipedia notes that that's like it's like it's like different for the band how like the the, the chorus is like kind of like cool and subdued but the rest is different and like all emotional but I don't know it's, it, it works for me I saw a great video of them playing this on YouTube too where they're just really clicking on this song just so much chemistry it's a little funkier than most band songs maybe that's what makes it so cool got a little bit of a groove going i mean the fact that you mean like bob in your head even though it's about you know wheat farming wheat farming and crops dying and barns burning and ended up on skid row all this terrible stuff happening but you can be like yeah but you can dance to it <laughs> i believe that's also the isn't that the last song on that album yeah um, self-titled 1968 album. I thought Sean was going to use that as a transition earlier, but he started talking about Beck. <laughs> He's like, speaking of, you know, song, last song's an album. But no, it was about Beck. I don't think you connect this to Beck, at least I don't. Sean knows Beck pretty well. I, I wouldn't doubt him like that. Sean, you listen to this album? The band? Uh, not for a long time. That's a good one. I feel like, didn't we talk about it? Not that long ago? Yeah, I think we did. On our 1969 album, even though I think I just said it was from 1968, which it isn't. It felt right. It didn't feel wrong when you said yeah, that. you didn't correct me. <laughs> I didn't. Mean, I thought it was for off. a second, too. But no, this this is my favorite band album. I think just because it... Uh, there's there's all these great story songs, and then there's a weird balance of that and like funk. Yeah. <laughs> and it really works. I mean, the band, for some reason, is... A, a band that I always associate with Fall. At least this album, I do associate with Fall. I mean, there's probably a, a bunch of reasons because of that. One, because Last Waltz is on Thanksgiving. Uh, that their that movie, that their last show. Yeah. Was uh was it the last show took place on Thanksgiving? Also, I don't know when I when when I hear these rootsy American songs about farms. I mean, I think about farms. I think about the harvest, even if it is the dark side of the harvest, when things aren't going so hot. But, you know, you think about cornfields and wheat fields, and I don't think they have any songs about pumpkins. I don't know if anyone has ever written a rock song about a pumpkin. Not yet. Who who do you think could write a rock song about a pumpkin? I think I, when I was looking this up, someone had a song called Pumpkin. Because in all the fall songs I looked for, I didn't find any lyrics about pumpkins. Like, we were strolling through the pumpkin patch. Okay, yeah, I was right. Randy Newman has a song called Pumpkin. Of course he does. <laughs> it is uh, off of the Seabiscuit soundtrack, it looks like. <laughs> Seabiscuit eating a pumpkin. <laughs> okay, there you have it. There is a raw, some kind of song about a pumpkin. Um, yeah, I don't know how rock it is oh you don't remember the soundtrack to sea biscuit i don't know yeah. it was, it's just shredding <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's got his keytar out 
<laughs> this is a song I wrote from Seabiscuit. <laughs> Ever said like in Palmer stuff? It's like frog rock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the band. Can't go wrong with the band. Did I mean, we listen to the band or did we listen to music from Big Pink? We did both, Sean. We did both? We've done multiple late 60s album podcasts. Because I remember sitting down to listen to music from Big Pink. But I feel like I haven't listened to the band since I was like in high school. Okay. Well, maybe you just didn't do your research. Yeah, maybe I just phoned that one in. I know Cripple Creek. Good enough. Just like, I assume Maggie Mae is the best song from Rod Stewart's solo career. But I don't know. But this is what it sounds like. Also a fan of the title track on that album. Every picture tells a story. That's not a bad album. It's kind of great, which is weird because I've pretty much disregarded all of the rest of Rod Stewart's solo career. I haven't even thought about listening to another Rod Stewart <coughs> solo album. I mean, I think the thing might be. I'm not 100% of this, but this was like right smack dab in the middle of his t- uh, stint with the Faces. Mm-hmm. And it pretty much sounds exactly like the faces, and it seems like he did get like a lot of assistance from Ronnie Wood, who of course is kind of the reason the faces, at least that later phase of the faces, was like good. And his influence is definitely here, and he co-wrote a lot of songs and and played on all of them practically. So that's my theory as to why it's the only Rod Stewart album anyone ever needs to hear because of Ronnie Wood. So you could still say the Rod Stewart sucks, but. Despite this album being good, yeah, but Face is worth worth listening to. I've thought about getting into them, but I haven't yet. I like Ooh La La. Everyone likes that song. It's a good album. I think it's a good album. I think so too, but I haven't listened to it since like junior high. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because Ronnie Wood was, I thought, a pretty good songwriter in the faces and then he joined the Rolling Stones and it seems like he just decided to just kind of take a break for the rest of his career <laughs> just kind of take a back seat I mean I guess it's hard when you're alongside you know Richards and Jagger I'm sure he yeah. pens like a song per album that nobody can ever remember <laughs> but yeah so what I like about his influence on this that album and this song is the addition of like mandolins and just 12 string guitars and like folk music I feel like that bullshit at the beginning it's kind of like long the, but you know classical <laughs> guitar yeah is it a classical guitar or was it mandolin I don't remember it could be a mandolin I guess I just say classical because it's sound you yeah. know it's like a classical it's classically played progression it sounds mm-hmm. like yeah it's weird that the song it, it kind of has like two intros which I don't know if it needs it doesn't. Okay. 
You heard it. Like, and this is coming from someone who thinks the the intro part of American Woman is is worth listening to. So believe me when I say you don't need this bullshit. It sounds like a different <laughs> song. <laughs> I am. Yeah. Don't they usually cut it on the radio? Probably. I guess it depends where you're listening to it. Yeah, some weird purist out there is like, gotta hear it. Totally sets up the experience. But, uh, yeah. It's a good one. It's catchy. Goes on a little long. But it's good. How, what is autumn me about this? I guess it isn't that autumn. He just, they're like one of the first lines he says, it's late September. <laughs> and school, <laughs> school is starting soon or something. Uh-oh. Or he's got to be back at school. Okay. I mean, also... Yeah. I feel like when I was saying kind of about like how the band, like I think of like folksy, that kind of rootsy music reminds me of fall. Like this is that kind of music, sort of like folksy. I know we're not, you know, taking mood into consideration, but it definitely, I feel it. I felt it. I didn't question it, but I guess someone had to. Mm -hmm. I respect that. Um, we get it almost every night. We're dancing in the moonlight, except we're not doing that song. It's this one's called Moon Dance. It's by Van Morrison. Well, it's a marvelous night for a moon dance with the stars up above in your eyes. A fantabulous night to make romance Neat the cover of October skies Yet all the leaves on the trees are falling To the sound of the breezes that blow Yet I'm trying to please to Now, I was so stoked when I found out the song is most definitely about fall Because the song is awesome And this is the Van Morrison one, not the Michael Bublé version <laughs> Uh... Because there's uh, right on Wikipedia, it says uh, it's a song about autumn, the composer's favorite season. And it talks about leaves and October skies, and it's very hip and cool. I associate it with American World from London because that's probably where I first heard it. Because that, that movie had to have every song about moons, and they certainly did it. And, you know, I mean, it's, it, it encapsulates all the things great about Van Morrison, you know, the fact that he was like a... I mean, he could, he was like a kind of jazz vocalist, which was kind of interesting, but he was like working in the medium of rock, so he's kind of unique in that way. I also like that in this uh, Wikipedia entry, they're talking about how it, it features him doing like a sax solo like with his voice, but I'm like, how do they know like it's, this, like it's supposed to be a saxophone? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> yeah, I read that too on its Wikipedia page, and it's kind of questioning it. So he's going like, <laughs> yeah, like I guess it's kind of like a sex I mean he does that scat thing in like every song but that's like scat that's not like it's not like an impersonation here's my impersonation of a saxophone <laughs> on this song he was impersonating a piccolo on this one it was a saxophone here's a french horn <laughs> yeah I wanted just a whole album full of a guy who impersonates instruments 
But no, I feel like when you hear, you know, Van Morrison and you think of his hits, this is, you know, maybe the second or third one you think of. This is on the top. This is one of his, one of his most memorable songs on a good album, if I yeah. recall. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it is kind of the song where instead of just sort of like hinting at the fact that he's influenced by jazz he basically this is just like a full-on jazz song which is cool that it was actually i don't know if it was a hit remember also reading i remember also reading on that wikipedia page that he didn't release it as a single until like 1977 weird which was seven years after this album came out wasn't until the birth of Bobby McFerrin. That's his name. John, if you want to listen to a guy who uses his voice as a instrument, <laughs> that would be Bobby McFerrin. We're miles ahead of that, Sean. We're talking about 1977, <laughs> which I guess is years before the heyday of Bobby McFerrin. But thank you for that, Sean. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that addition. I put his song in the Rob Williams podcast we did because he's in that music video. Mm-hmm. I heard. It's a good song. there. But yeah, Moondance, about October, about the moon. You know, if you want, you can think about werewolves when you listen to it. That's entirely up to you. I, I wouldn't it works. advise it. I would, you don't want to get too scared. <laughs> I don't want things to get too spooky. But it's classic. Why did you put werewolf bar mitzvah on this show? Uh, didn't we do a Halloween songs one already? <laughs> no way. How many nope. Halloween songs are there? <laughs> Is that what we're going to do in October? Same I feel like all the, all the popular Halloween songs are like children's songs. Um, Dragula. <laughs> um... <laughs> It's got about the intelligence level of a children's song. <laughs> that uh, X Gone Give It To You Ghostbusters mashup that I listen to every year on Halloween. <laughs> Alright, well we'll touch on that, I guess, a little later into October. And even later than October uh, is November. Uh-huh. Well, yeah! Our next song, Mr. November, by The National. I knew what this song was about, um, but then I saw the trailer for that movie, The November Man, which I assume is inspired by Mr. November. And in the trailer for the movie, someone says to Pierce Brosnan, everything around you dies. That's why we call you Mr. November. So is this the story, the song? About a guy who everything he okay, so he's also an excellent hitman, and he trained a master assassin, and now that they're hunting each other, uh, he gets to hang out with Olga Curly Yanko. 
uh, but also everything he touches dies. Does that sound like the song the National wrote? Uh, not really. But it's an interesting interpretation. <laughs> you see, when I googled Mr. November, I got Derek Jeter. Not to be confused with Derek Skeeter. I guess because there was one year where the World Series has to went to November, or... and Derek Jeter did real good. I guess hit some. He did make. I, I don't, maybe I don't think everything died. <laughs> Dreams died. Well, I feel like one thing I heard was that November is in reference to uh, the presidential elections, which usually take place in November. Because supposedly, oh. the chorus was supposed to be about John Kerry. Yikes. Singing about that he hopefully wouldn't fuck us over. But that didn't happen, because he didn't get a chance to not fuck us over. That really dates this song. That's interesting. Yeah. Although, then supposedly they used it sort of like in reference to Obama. Like at national shows, they sell T-shirts that had Obama on it. It'd say Mr. November. Yeah, but they probably weren't allowed to go. Won't fuck us over. Won't fuck us over. Over and over and over at political rallies. Why not? That's a that's a positive message. It uses the F word, but it's still a positive message. How long? What the fuck, man? I'm guessing they started performing it in 2004. Since this album didn't come out till 2005. Yeah, that's not. This is on. No, it's on Alligator. It's not on Boxer. No, it's Alligator. Okay. <laughs> Weirdly enough, another last song on the album. Sure is. Yeah. This is the the kind where it's like, whoa. Where'd all this energy come from? <laughs> yeah. We used to do that more often. This early, I guess not early, but the mid-season national albums, whatever you want to call them. Uh, this song rocks. I'm all bad. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I put it as one of my favorite national songs. Don't know if I want to say it's my favorite, but uh, it could be. got a favorite national song show so that's a tricky one yeah it is because they're sort of yeah they're more of an album band they never really have like huge standout like singles or anything I like anyone's ghost interesting because remember when we saw them it said this is the first pop song we've ever written <laughs> That to them is a pop song. I think I'm guessing he's being like slightly sarcastic. Slightly. I hope that's so. I feel like it's a fairly somber song. It's got kind of an upbeat drum part, though. But I feel like yeah. a lot of national drum parts Maybe are surprisingly it. energetic. Yeah. I, you know, from trying to play them in rock band, I know they're, they ain't easy. They're usually kind of intricate. Yeah. Guy knows how to handle his sticks. Yeah, the the drummer who 
all about that part in the Mistaken for Strangers documentary where Matt Burdage's brother's like talking to the drummer. He's like, so you're like the guy who does the most drugs, right? <laughs> like the other guys, they're, they're, they're pretty straight, but you like to party. The guy's just like, uh, sh- yeah, sure, I guess. You seem pretty chill. Uh-huh. I can dig it. Yeah. Uh, okay, I guess we could talk about a song that I heard once, like, <laughs> ten minutes ago. Not ten minutes ago, but like, right before we recorded this. Sort of in the background. Well, into so, my life, Colin. Every time we do a music podcast, gotta fly by the seat of your pants. Oh, all right. We should tell. We should tell the name of the song so I can play a clip. Oh, I, oh yeah. I, I forgot that that's a part of this process. I was just gonna talk about it. It's called. Uh, you you were setting it up, Colin. You can say it. You can say it. It is called October by the Broken Bells. being particularly fall-ish. But it is called October. I think if, uh, yeah, if one of those fall months is in the name of the song, it automatically got consideration. Um, it's weird because I think there's a Shin song called like September or November. Oh, yeah. Oops. <laughs> you like that one? Uh, yeah. What was it called? I feel like it's like something of 82. Isn't that a more recent one? Yeah. It's probably why I don't remember. <laughs> anyway, that's the shit. That was... They have one called Fall of 82. Oh, damn. Did 1982 die? Was it laid uh, I mean, siege all upon? Years die, <laughs> technically. That's such a linear point of view, Carl. Free your mind. Uh, this is the Broken Bells. If you don't remember, were a collaboration between the Danger Mouse and the James Mercer, and uh, everyone hated the second one, which came out this year. But that feels like forever ago. It was like January. Um, but I liked the first one. I had a good time listening to it. Not a lot of people like the first one, though. Do you guys like the first one? Yeah, Pretty sure. I listened to it once. Well, you. I didn't remember the song, but it's, it was nice checking it out again. Oh my God, we're back again. Broken bells back. All right. Uh, this is my favorite on on that album. Oh. It's uh, why. It's a nice little treat. It's got that uh, piano, which is good pianos. Top, top notch, top Shout ten, out to top, top ten instruments, piano, on the list. 
Figure our next list top ten instruments. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we'll have a future space violin on there. <laughs> yeah. And you know we're gonna have the zither up in there. Okay. I I don't know. It's just it's None one of those songs. <laughs> they're talking about October again by the Broken Bells. Not. Um. Just all songs played on the zither. Did uh? Did I like listening to? You know, maybe a couple times when when, when it's time to listen to it. Which, you know. Maybe I'm just like, I'm going to listen to October, like, maybe three times in a row. Just do that. Have a good time. Move on with my life. Maybe the thing is, some people take, like, oh my god, it's Danger Mouse. Oh my god, it's the guy from The Shins. This has got to be, you know, one of the collaborations for the ages. It's got to be a masterpiece. And it's not that, but it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty fun. There's one song kind of sounds like a western. That's neat. Okay. <laughs> I think John also listened to it like right before. So sorry. I didn't I didn't yeah. remember it, but it was it was nice. Yeah. I liked it. It seemed nice. It is nice. <laughs> I wasn't saying it wasn't. You know who aren't nice though? The ring rates. And the evil one. And Gollum. Just all those dicks. Led Zeppelin knows what I'm talking about. Check out Ramble On. was a late addition because we had to make sure that it included enough lyrical content to make it fall related but it did and this song rocks so hard it's got that great acoustic opening but then it's like hey we're gonna fucking rock this shit <laughs> and talk about like hobbits and stuff and Mordor and Gollum it's like a journey how come this isn't in the, any of the movies? <laughs> well, for one, Led Zeppelin, they, you know, they very rarely let their songs into movies. I feel like they're a little more lenient these days. I feel like maybe. I've seen. Gotta get special to me. So maybe when they remake Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> what, what kind of scenario is this? this a like money-making scenario. <laughs> like 20 years from now yeah you know they decide you know Jonah Hill would be pretty good as Gandalf Frodo <laughs> as Gandalf yeah they're yeah, just gonna get all the Seth Rogen gang he won't be that old <laughs> it's gonna have a lot more rock music in it though I was gonna say there's no way they would they I mean that's not the way they play but now that I think back the Hobbit 2 totally had some song with like singing and shit at the end like a pop song 
not like a pop song, but like like a guy singing and playing guitar song. Wasn't there like an Enya song in like the credits of one of them? Yeah, but I mean, Kana's Enya. That's different. That basically yeah. sounds yeah, wasn't like it the like score a, anyway. It's like that. That ginger dude, right? Ed Sheeran. Yeah. He, that guy who's popular with the youngins. Yeah, like, I get what you're saying. Like all the young ones. That seemed like a weird. I mean, I I, I still haven't seen that movie, but I actually heard the song because my like some person on Facebook was like, check out this cover I did of the song from Hobbit: Desolation of Smog. <laughs> they were like, I don't know, I'm clicking on this, but I guess I have to find out what all this means. Well, it's not buried and. The, you know, the movie kind of ends abruptly and then it goes straight to that song as the credits start playing. And it's like, whoa, this is weird. These movies are supposed to be fancier than me. No, That's always turned weird when, like, a movie's set in olden times and then it just cuts to, like, a rock song. Like, all of a night's tale? Or... <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that was, like, that movie's gimmick. Yeah. They're like trying to do that. I'm trying to they make a movie cool. that just threw one in. But uh, I don't oh, know. Oh, there's sure. there's gangs in New York. That, like ends with that U2 song. Uh, it's just like America. <laughs> That's not how it went. <laughs> America. I just feel Doesn't like it sound very U2. <laughs> America. Trying to do like a sweet e- echoey riff, but it's a possible replicate. Okay. Ramble on. Oh, we wouldn't like. We basically wouldn't have like any of these other like like YouTube like wasn't for like Led Zeppelin. So like, we gotta go. Got a pair of respects. Got a pair of respects. But uh, I mean, this is classic. This is them in their in their heyday. Doesn't get much better than this. It's got like a uh, John Bonham tapping on a cardboard box in it. Oh yeah. Isn't that what that sound is? I think it's so. Like eh. little pitter pat. I get behind that. You know, this is a song that like people like to bang their head. I you know can enjoy. You know, nerds can enjoy it. <laughs> cardboard box aficionados can enjoy it. <laughs> Well, that's a good sound, good sound box. <laughs> to think those people exist. <laughs> Look for songs that have boxes in them. Yeah. I don't know that there's much out there for those guys. Is that like, no, are they like a spin-off group of like people who are fans of Bucket Drummers? Who are like, Bucket Drummers fucking sold out, man. It's all about cardboard box drums. That's what it's all about. Take it Maybe. to the streets. Because cardboard boxes are more fragile. More fragile. You got They're you got to get sensitive. one that's like a little rain-soaked, so you kind of absorb the hits. But if it gets too moist, then you break right through with your drumsticks. Yeah. Do you think those box guys were pretty disappointing when beatboxing didn't turn out to be what they thought it was? <laughs> they like got together. Oh my god, you guys! I've heard about this thing called beatboxing, but I've never seen anyone do it before. I've got a cassette, though. Let's listen. Oh. Oh, no. This is wrong. This is so wrong. Just like... I want to hear that story. The Box Society. 
things were never Straight the same. After that. Yeah. Have you heard the song Season of the Witch by Donovan? Well, you have now. At least, at least a little bit, a little taste. Uh, this was yeah, one I'd put on there. I, I guess it was more like peer pressure. And by peer, I mean the internet, since it was one that definitely showed up on people's lists of fall albums. Which I guess is if you're making the distinction that witches are. I don't know. I guess the season he's talking about is, is witch burning season, which is fall. Which burning season? Or I guess witch, witch is burning witch showing up. Season? <laughs> Are you doing a thing there? <laughs> uh, um, if you could go to a witch burning, would you? God, no. I don't want to see someone get murdered. That's I traumatizing. Like that's a situation where I'd be afraid that I could also somehow end up getting murdered. Okay, well, let me roll it back a little bit. If you go to a hanging, would you go? No. Why would you? Are we talking about a time travel scenario, or are we talking about a modern No, I'm talking about hanging? today. They're like, this guy killed 80,000 kids. <laughs> He's the worst human ever. We want everyone to see him die, because fuck this guy. Maybe if it was 80,000 kids. That's a lot of kids. That's, like, so many kids. That's a generation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Would you go, Sean? If this guy killed 80,000 kids so I could say that I was there, the last public hanging in American history, yeah, I'd want to be there. And then after that, they would have to not have the death penalty anymore because it peaked, got as good as it could get. Never be as good again. <laughs> I'm pretty much not trying to have the government kill people for me. Yeah. Like that's pretty much the way I go. But if if you could prove to me that this person was a witch and had evil magics, it's like no prison's gonna hold them. You know? <laughs> I've seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I know what witches can do. It's very dangerous to have them around. Now, if they're hilarious and geniuses and just wonderful people like Willow Rosenberg, sure. Obviously, I don't want her getting burned. I guess I'd want to like be involved in the whole prosecution. Like, I'd need to be a part of this whole process if I'm if I'm going to go to the witch burning. I would if this, if someone's just like, oh, they're burning the witch. Yeah, I wouldn't go. But if I was like pretty sure that she's dangerous magics, I'd want to be there. Just to be sure. Although I guess I would put me in danger of at the last second, you know, she unleashes her evil powers on the crowd. A lot to think about. Okay. Uh, I'll ask a question. Uh, does Donovan get enough respect? 
from, from the so. witch community? Or she's got some good songs. This is a cool little song. It's super laid back and I love that riff. It's pushing a mood. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I'm like uh, pretty gurdy man. I feel like he was few like one of the few of those uh, musicians that kind of. Uh, delved into psychedelia and actually still wrote like really good pop songs and not just a bunch of like psychedelic bullshit like I don't know yeah I don't know if maybe it's cause he started off as a folk singer and I don't know maybe people see him as like a guy that's sold out and just wrote pop songs and I guess the kinds of pop songs that were in vogue at the time but yeah, I think they're good songs that Atlanta song's pretty cool Oh, totally. Heard it on the radio. I mean, he still never really gave up the folk. He was kind of like folk, psychedelic folk rock. Like yeah. It just kind of evolved in an interesting way that I feel like is pretty unique. Yeah, I'm totally about Season of the Witch. As, as made famous by uh, Paranorman. Oh, yeah? Well, not really. Of course, it was famous years before, but I'm just saying it was in Paranorman. Prominently featured did, in the trailer and in the film. Did it like, make a comeback? Rise on the charts again. I don't know that it rose in the charts, but uh, I'm sure some people checked it out. Was it in that Nicolas Cage movie, Season of the Witch? You just remember that movie? Like, how would you even meet a person who knew that information? <laughs> like, who saw that thing? I mean, it stars Nicolas Cage and Ron Perlman. You can't tell me no one saw it. Uh, <laughs> it's just one of those. Nicolas Cage movies you know, that just kind of snuck out into theaters. Even if it's a medieval movie about hunting witches, I feel like this song is cool enough to where it would kind of work. Because this song is kind of cool and and sinister. Yeah. But in like the most laid back way. Yeah. I remember first getting into it after seeing it in a commercial. I think it was like a jeans commercial. Like a guy <laughs> walking down the street. And I'm like, yeah, this guy's cool. Maybe I'll be cool if I listen to this song some more. Get a nice pair of Jinko jeans. Yeah. Yeah. Shall we move ahead? Uh, sure. Next up, we have September Girls by Big Star. Girls! That was Sean pronouncing the U in girls, which... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Is it girls? <laughs> is there a story behind that spelling? There could G-U-R-L-S. be. G-U-R-L-S. But I don't know what it is. I've never heard mistake. it. It wasn't in that Big Star documentary I watched. That recent one? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. That's pretty good. What's it called? Yeah, it was. What was it called? Nothing can hurt me. Yeah. Me? Is Big Star one guy? I mean, it kind of is. Uh, they were led by Alex Chilton, but 
I guess that first album also, it was more of a collaborative band. Him and Chris Bell, a lot of the songs. And I guess one thing I took away from that documentary is that like those big star albums are so like I don't know, just great because those guys were kind of tragic and sad in their personal lives. So it's like these really upbeat pop songs that Big Star did kind of have this other layer of I don't know, just humanity to them that you don't hear in like similar power pop type bands from that era. And September Girls, uh, one of their most famous songs, even though they never had any hits or anything. And also a song I played live in front of a classroom once. Really? Yeah. (laughs) It was in one of my guitar classes that I took. It's like, basically our tests in that class is you just like play a whole song in front of the class and not fuck up. Did you have to sing? We didn't have to sing. I don't think I chose to sing. That's what I did, though. You did? Yeah, because I could play a way easier song and sing it instead of learning like a hard song. Mm Mm-hmm. What song did you use, Sean? Um, Oasis? I think it was... was, I was it was Tears in Heaven. (laughs) That sounds crazy. It does. (laughs) I don't think that's right. Everyone's just crying. Including you. I could imagine it though. I don't know. When you're younger, you don't quite think about like, is this song appropriate for this kind of setting, or you're kind of just thinking like, yeah, I can play this on guitar. That's pretty cool. Might as well show off. That was my my, my sweet skills. My main motivation. A super sad song. What is a September girl? I don't know. Sound like Borat the way you're at <laughs> I like girls, but not as much as my wife. I didn't uh, find any information about why they chose to spell it as girls. Mm-hmm. So, it's just the mystery lives on. All right. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what this song is about specifically he's also talking in the chorus about December boys so ah, what, what do they call it when like one person is like way old and the other person's pretty young and they're in a relationship isn't it's like a a May May August that, that sounds too close months like yeah like may december maybe the, the see to me that's like oh that guy's gonna be dead soon <laughs> <laughs> she's only in may like she's not so, even halfway yet that guy he is at the end he is counting may, down november the days. does that sound better 
I don't think I don't think we're gonna get I don't think any of this sounds right. Someone knows. Old people know. They have to worry about this kind of shit. <laughs> I don't want people to think that they're creeps for going out with younger women. Here's one fun fact about this song. The title of Katy Perry's 2010 number one hit, California Girls. Are you guys familiar with the song? I'm familiar with California Girls. <laughs> was spelled as a tribute to Chilton and Big Star. Perry's manager is a fan of the band and asked her to spell girls with a U. <laughs> And she's like, what? Okay. She's like, who is that? Huh, what? Okay. <laughs> I um, wish it didn't have like the last like sentence about Perry's manager. It just says as a tribute to Big Star. Yeah. I can't think of anything about that song like that is re- remotely like Big Star. <laughs> just, no, that that's why big... it makes sense <laughs> that she just changed the title at the last second. California girls (laughs) ah but I don't mean to like trash talk Kate Perry I have no idea what she's like as a person she's probably she's she's probably cool she seems fine yeah I mean who cares what she's like as a person you can still trash her as a musician right those are two separate things you know I'm not even sure I could trash talk her as a musician I'm not sure I know what her music sounds like I do, but I don't like that I know. <laughs> uh, moving on. One more September song. Uh, song simply called September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. days ago i posted this song on my facebook because the first line is do you remember the 21st night of september and it was september 21st and i posted that and i feel like nobody noticed or cared they're like what i guess i think everybody thought i went to go see earth wind and fire <laughs> which i wouldn't i don't think i would do in this day and age because i'm sure most of the core members are either dead or gone and it's just like weird like, it's now just, like, relatives of the original band, because that's one of those bands that's huge. Like, you can't keep that band together, and it's really only... Or alive. <laughs> alive, apparently, but that was only, like, less than 40 years ago. And I feel like Earth, Wind & Fire was mostly what? They, they're they mostly one guy who was pretty key in that group. I, I'm not Was it expert. Earth, Wind, or Fire? I don't think that, like... They're, that's how the group was designated exactly. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Was it I know E the, or was it A or was it R? Was it T? Was it H? Better not have been H. <laughs> These aren't questions that I can answer. Or that makes sense. <laughs> but I know their front man was their head songwriter, Morris White. And this is just a great dance song and has one of the catchiest choruses uh, you know I could think of, which is funny because like, no, wait, it's gibberish, you know, it's not, it's not real words. I can only imagine how much that confused people before the internet who wanted to know what they were saying. I feel like it does make sense. Gibberish songs are hella catchy. I think that's it, Badia. Badia. 
something about September. Dancing in September. Dancing in September. Do you remember? Uh, so danceable. It got that great, like, funk guitar and just the horns. Just excellent production. Oh, Morris White was also the producer. He's still virtuoso. Yeah, who doesn't like this song, right? Monsters. <laughs> I feel like I want to say this song and maybe some other Earth, Wind, and Fires were heavily featured in that oh, that movie from a year or two ago, in the Intouchables or something. It had a weird title. That French movie uh-huh. about the paraplegic uh, and his Riri. caretaker. Yeah, that's like the best part of that movie is all the Earth, Wind, and Fire. That has that Omar Sy. He's kind of his career's kind of blossoming now. He's Bishop and the last X Men movie. Yeah, he wasn't allowed to talk or anything, but he's there. <laughs> but he had a great uh, dance scene in in that song in that uh, movie to a Earth, Wind, and Fire song. I believe September opened it. I want to say there's like listening in a car, just rocking out, or however you rock out to a funk song. Funkin' out. Funkin' they're just funkin' all over the place. <laughs> they're getting funked up. Sounds a little gross, but all allowed. I I think you can you can say you you're just dancing. This is a danceable song. Sure. I don't I don't even know if I consider this funk. Like it's so pop. I guess it's just pop. It, it really just happens is. to have like guitars that are kind of funky, but that's yeah. I don't know if anything else about it's funky. I don't even know if I'd say it has a funky bass line. And that's like one of the most important things about funk. Right. It just got that guitar that's like, jing, 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 jing. Like that could be like disco guitar too. Good. But it's not quite disco either. Yeah, it's just pop, I think, is appropriate label. Uh, I don't know if, <laughs> if this is necessarily a great fall song though, because it is. It's weirdly like way more poppy and upbeat than a lot of these other songs you know some some people get stoked for fall yeah sure i don't know it seems like kind of a weird time to start dancing but it's in the same way to be true to your school i guess so are we only going to put this together on songs that are exclusively sad Uh, yep no we don't Need to do that. Let's just do uh, just ones we like the most, I guess. I'm gonna cut okay. the Beach Boys off the list. Cause it's too dorky. It's way too <laughs> dorky. Nerd <laughs> alert. So I've taken the Beach Boys and the Broken Bells off the list. Okay. But we need to cut two more songs. I mean, if we think September just doesn't capture the mood enough, we could take that off, too. That's, like, one of my favorite songs on this list. I know, I know. It's so good, but it's, like, it doesn't really fit. But I don't know. I'd say we can keep it. Okay. No, I was bashing it. Um, let's see. King Harvest is good, but it's not, like, super, like, showy. You know, it's not, like, as a classic. classic. And then maybe I could do without Harvest Moon. I didn't really mm. know it that well. I mean, I liked it. Uh, it seemed uh, appropriate, but I suppose it I it might be the song on this list I've listened to the most in my life. I mean, Harvest Moon. Yeah. How? 
There was, it's on like a Neil Young Grace hits that I listen to all the time. If I, I'd like to have it. Is there anything else? That's okay. So we could. Yes. Mm-hmm. We have 12 to get rid of? Or 12 to get rid of. <laughs> so we, we got a lot of work. Let's get rid of all of them. <laughs> Fuck this list. Uh, I don't know. I guess we could get rid of Autumn's sweater if you guys want to. I could forfeit it. That's kind of the one I was looking at. Um, where it's just like really nice, but I don't need it, you know? Sure. It's, it's really nice. Yeah. This one was a tricky list because, like, uh, I didn't know duds. It's mm-hmm. not, like, not like 90s one hit wonders again, where it's like, what's this doing here? Sure. All right, where are we at? I think we're there. Ooh. I think you got to put Harvest Moon down there. Just down. Just barely made it. Number 10. I'm 10. Give some for the old people to dance to. Yeah, mm-hmm. see, I feel like you guys have this other context to this song that I never <laughs> had. the music video. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I I don't know. If I'd never seen that dorky video, maybe I would have a different... I mean, I like the song, but it definitely makes me think it's not like cool because of that. Like, not that it's a song that's trying to be cool. For me, it's like listen to a bunch of 10 minute long rockers and this guy comes on and I was like oh yeah this is nice yeah it's definitely pleasant I feel like that video also probably ruins the song a little for me because that video is like such a bad representation of what the song is thanks although I still want to see it because you talked about such a flashy editing style it's very, <laughs> very flashy. I put Maggie May lower just because I don't. I feel like I don't know how much it captures falls some of these other songs, but uh, I mean it's it's definitely a a staple of classic rock radio. But since well, what is that been worth me. anything? Come on! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> and from here on, I have absolutely no idea. These are weird songs to compare to each other. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I could put uh, Here Comes a Regular Lower Down. That's okay. what you guys For the sake of. Do. I mean, it's pretty good, but yeah, for the sake of progress. It's not like a hit or anything. I had to double check that that was the album it was on, so shows what I know. But it's good. Placemats. <laughs> Gotta love the placemats. That's a good band name. Has that been taken yet? I probably everything's been taken. It's not been taken like in a prominent way. I don't think. What about a hip hop group called the Racemats? What does that mean? It's two guys named Matt. One of them's black, one of them's white. <laughs> they, they're both of a race. Yeah. Well, they, they talk about race a lot in their music. Yeah, okay. It's like they tackle, tackle some issues. Yeah, they don't fuck around. They do it in a fun way or a serious way? 
they usually like recontextualize it around food. It's like metaphorical. Like animal farm. Songs like mixed nuts. Allegory. <laughs> Black and white cookie. One of their hit songs. <laughs> Look, Neapolitan ice cream. <laughs> See, their song Neapolitan is actually about white people, black people, and Native Americans. Caught in the middle. I'd love to hear that group, but for that, I think we have to finish this list. Uh, I don't know how high I want to put Season of the Witch, even though I'm pretty into it. My two cents. Uh, sounds good to me. <laughs> I'll I'm, take it. I think I'm also on your level of I don't know. I don't know, man. But we gotta do this thing. So, how about since we're talking about how September is uh, not the most characteristically fall song, how about we put it at six? Okay. Out of the top five. Safely on the top ten. Nestled in there. Mm-hmm. Like the Native American part of Neapolitan ice cream. Is it always the same order? Neapolitan ice cream or the songs on this list? <laughs> what do you think? I'm gonna Neapolitan get... ice cream. Well, what's the order you think it is? And, and then I'll tell you the order I think it is. <laughs> And we'll see if we agree. I don't know. I guess chocolate, strawberry, vanilla. Chocolate, strawberry, vanilla? No, no. I would say vanilla, strawberry, chocolate. Maybe I'm opening my box upside down. It's <laughs> the stupidest conversation ever. Yeah, I was going to butt in with my uh, guess but I don't want to let's uh, let's choose what comes next I would go with uh, Mr. November by the National since it's uh, you know it's not quite as well known as these other ones is it not I guess not okay I believe you you know it's not like by a mile it's, I, I don't know that pretty good it's one of my favorite songs by one of my favorite bands so shot i discovered some serious shit about neapolitan oh, ice cream fuck. you know if i, was I don't gonna, know if i was I gonna know. do neapolitan ice cream like let me level with you i'll put vanilla in the fucking middle because i want that vanilla tainted on both sides like, that was my guess was that it would be in the middle because i want Cause don't you want to mix it with yeah the vanilla two? is like fucking like get flavorless ice cream that's what vanilla is you want to mix a little strawberry in there, a little chocolate in there, get, get that essence in there to give it a little spice. But what, what I was going to say is that there, I don't think there is ever a set order, but if you Google image Neapolitan ice cream tub, you will almost always find strawberry on one of the sides while, while vanilla and chocolate will alternate. Usually vanilla seems to be in the middle. I, which, I believe that. It that usually good. goes strawberry, vanilla, chocolate. Cause I think it's a good combo. I think also the thing is, because vanilla is like the most neutral of the flavors. Like everyone's okay with getting getting some of that vanilla on your on your bowl, but some people are like I don't want the strawberry, and other people are like I do not want the chocolate. Do not give me chocolate. 
I so uh, yeah, I think if you're doing Neapolitan right, you get the vanilla in the middle. And anyone who doesn't, just get out of the business. You don't belong. Good now. Okay. I'm getting hungry. Um, so the one of the things that always uh, happens on our list is we have a twofer, and then it's like, well, you can't fight it because it's two songs. How could one song be better than two songs? So I'm going to ask you guys. Maybe number four for the White Stripes, two for Um, I mean, I could go. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard for me because yeah, you know, I don't have a clear number one out of these four. Real talk. My number one was gonna be Mr. November. I don't know where this is going. I leave it in your hands. Although it's, it's probably gonna be Led Zeppelin. I don't know, is this the time for us to discover, or discover, or just, I don't know, talk about what our favorites are left? Well, I'd probably say uh, September Girls is my favorite, but I don't think it's a clear number one. I'd kind of be okay with Moondance, I guess, because as John stated, it's a song specifically written about fall. I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of my favorite, I think. Uh Uh-oh. Because it's not my favorite song out of all these, but I, I mean, I think I think it's my favorite song out of all all of them. I mean, it's definitely catchy, it's jazzy, it's unique. But then, yeah, it's also so atmospheric in talking about fall, the leaves of the trees under October skies, talking about getting colder. And so you're saying, <laughs> okay, especially with the werewolves part, that this song is most representative about the. Uh, most representative of the intentions of this list, which is both being a great song and being a song about autumn, being extremely about autumn. That's my stance, yes. So let's. But I like. Okay. Them. Yeah, they're good. They're good ones. So if that was number one, what would be number two? If we lived I mean, in a world where Moondance were number one, <laughs> are we really going to be saying Big Stars better than Led Zeppelin? Or are we just going to kowtow to the Led Zeppelin fan base and be like, yeah, your band's so great? I mean, well, here's the thing. I probably like September Girls more than Led Zeppelin, though I th- Led Zeppelin actually has the word autumn in the song. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that matters. but uh, The Zeppelin I, song I is a little Zeppelin bit more that. overtly autumn, I think. Yeah, because, I mean... I think we've made it official that September is a fall month, even though technically, if you get real technical, there's some summer spill-off into mm-hmm. September. But Does September Girls have any mention of fall? Not, not that it really not matters, really. aside from the month. Nah. Though, I do know that December Boys got a bad. So yeah. it's definitely anti-winter. <laughs> Which strengthens its case. Although you could uh, you can consider some of December to be fall still technically, even though that just seems weird. True, true. There's some spillover. Mm-hmm. I guess there's spillover into most months, except for October. It's all it's fall. Full yeah. on fall. I believe October is the only month that is just in one season. All other months are actually in two seasons at least. What about July? What about January? 
um, I believe January is partially. Um, it, it's in that part where the spring goes in and out of winter. You know, we have that respite of like two weeks of spring, and that goes back to winter. Uh, sure, I that's know. not February. You're See, of... it, if we're, if we're gonna do it like that, then technically you have Indian summer, and that usually happens in October. Uh oh. So maybe that means July is the only true, because that's full on summer. Actually, I'm starting to think maybe no month is just in one season. Because think well, about this. What about July? I'm going to blow your mind. July is winter if you're in Australia. <laughs> uh, They're getting ready. They're cutting down Christmas trees in the outback. Is that how seasons work? Do they move Christmas as well? They like, get a koala. On the Christmas tree. Just grab one. I don't think it's hard. Don't koalas like sleep all the time. Yeah, like practically the whole day. Yeah, you just grab 23 one. hours a day. <laughs> Living the dream. I think we did. We figured this list out, right? Didn't we? No, I'm still. We know what number one is. It's it's I, moon I dance. I think we're doing September girls number three. September girls as number three. Yes. And Ramblon. Yes, um, Ramblon. <laughs> Ramblon, the robot that talks too much. <laughs> he was built in honor of this episode. So, our top ten uh, autumn slash fall songs are number ten, Harvest Moon by Neil Young. Number nine, Maggie Mae by Rod Stewart. Number eight, Here Comes a Regular by The Placemats. Number seven, Season of the Witch by Donovan. Number six, September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Number five, Mr. November by The National. Number four, Dead Leaves on the Dirty Ground and a separate song, We're Going to Be Friends by The White Stripes. Number three, September Gurels by Big Star. Number two, Ramble On by Led Zeppelin, and number one, Moondance by Van Morrison. If you have made it this far, then I think you dig us almost as much as we dig you. So we should get together. And the easiest way to do that uh, would be to go to mildlyplease.com, check out our blog. Uh, if you want to get directly in touch with us, mail us at t3 at mildlyplease.com. And if you just want to listen to more of these things, you know, you're not interested in that whole interactive thing, you're not interested in reading, you just want to listen, I want you to hit that subscribe button in, in iTunes. It says, uh, it's S-U-B-S-C-R-I-B-E, um, and it, it makes the music and and uh, other topics we talk about. Are you saying our fans are illiterate by sp- <laughs> spelling out that word? <laughs> Look, they know what the letters are. It's just they just don't know what happens when you put them together. It's hard when they get in order. Yeah. Um, sorry for the insults to your intelligence, and thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back sometime soon with more Top Ten Thursdays. The placemats. I know a place where the grass is really green.